This podcast made possible by the generous support of Lilly Oncology. Welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast, the award-winning podcast that brings you the latest information on breast cancer research, treatments, side effects, and survivorship issues through expert interviews, as well as personal stories from people affected by breast cancer. Here's your host, BreastCancer.org Senior Editor, Jamie DiPolo. Hello, thanks for listening. Dr. Sarah Tulaney is Chief of the Division of Breast Oncology and Associate Director of the Susan F. Smith Center for Women's Cancers at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, as well as Associate Professor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School. The 2021 San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium featured four days of presentations on the latest research on breast cancer. Dr. Tulaney joins us to discuss the research that is most immediately applicable to people who've been diagnosed with the disease. Dr. Tulaney, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me. So far, I've talked to Dr. Bardia, who presented the results of the Emerald study on elastostron, and to Dr. Braybrook, who did the meta-analysis on studies comparing aromatase inhibitors and ovarian suppression to tamoxifen in premenopausal women. What other studies at this year's conference stood out for you? I think it was a very exciting meeting with lots of very uh, good data that came out. Uh, One study that I think is particularly exciting focused on a new drug called datapotinumab deruxtecan, which we called DATO-DXD for short. This is a type of drug that we call an antibody drug conjugate, meaning that it's really taking an antibody that's targeting something on the cancer cell surface and delivering very potent chemotherapy into the cancer cell. And this drug, DATO-DXD, was studied in a clinical trial of patients with metastatic triple negative breast cancer. And what they found was that there were many patients who had significant reduction in their tumor. So in fact, almost 80% of patients treated with the drug had tumor shrinkage. And a little over 30% of patients in the trial had significant amounts of tumor shrinkage. And so this was really exciting because these were patients who had seen other treatments before that are having really robust benefits in terms of their uh, cancer. And I think the other important thing is the drug was, generally speaking, pretty well tolerated. The major side effect with it was mouth sores, um, but it didn't actually cause many side effects that we typically see with chemotherapy, such as having low blood counts or developing infections from them. So I think, generally speaking, it's a very exciting new drug that is getting moved forward into multiple trials over the coming several months, and so I think it will be nice to see more from this drug. I think another um, really exciting piece of data that came out came out of um, a study looking at another antibody drug conjugate called trastuzumab deruxtecan, or TDXD. This drug it was studied in metastatic HER2-positive breast cancer, and it was compared to another typical drug that we give to metastatic HER2-positive disease called PDM1. And then I think why this study is so remarkable is that when patients were randomized to either get this new drug, TDXT, or to get a more standard treatment, TDM1, the people who got the new drug, TDXT, did dramatically better. 
Um, their disease was controlled significantly longer. In fact, almost four times as long um, the treatment lasted compared to the standard TDM1. But what we saw at this year's San Antonio Breast Cancer Conference was that patients who got TDXD not only had their disease controlled longer, but when they looked at those patients who actually had brain metastases when they went on to the study, these were stable brain metastases, they in fact saw that the tumors in the brain shrunk and that many of these people had significant shrinkage of the cancer in the brain. And this is really exciting because many of us were worried that these types of drugs, these antibody drug conjugates, may not penetrate into the brain because they're really big molecules and we weren't sure if they could get in through the blood-brain barrier and actually shrink brain metastases, but we see that, that it does. Um, so I think really, again, exciting data. And, you know, there were actually several other presentations at the meeting also supporting activity of this drug TDXT in the brain. So again, lots of, lots of really exciting things that, that came out of the meeting, which was nice to see. That's great. Now, in your opinion, are these studies practice changing? It sounds like they may be, but sometimes the studies that get presented are phase one or phase two, and it's it certainly is very exciting. I don't mean to take away from that, but then it can be several years before the new drugs may be approved and then available to patients. So what what's your opinion on how soon we're going to see some of these actually in you know my local cancer treatment center? Yeah, and a very good question. So I think the data that you heard about earlier about alcestrin, one of the new oral thirds, um, that data I think is practice changing and we hear that that drug will get submitted to the FDA. And so hopefully sometime in 2022, it is possible that that could be a new drug that's on the shelf uh, that could be accessible to patients. Um, so hopefully that will happen. But as you point out, some trials um, are earlier in development and are not necessarily going to lead to an immediate approval of an agent. So for example, a study we talked about looking at beta-DXD, which looked very promising in triple negative breast cancer, that data does come from a phase one expansion study, so not something that would lead to FDA registration at this time. Uh, even though, again, the data are very promising, uh, but that drug will now be studied in larger trials uh, that hopefully will lead to a registration in the future, but certainly not in the near term uh, as more work needs to be done. The other agent we talked about, TDXD, um, that agent actually is already FDA approved for metastatic HER2 positive disease, but the trial was studying it in an earlier line of treatment. And so we're hoping that these very, very robust data will also lead to um, the drug having approval even in earlier lines compared to its current approval. So, you know, I think that one is more just allowing access to a drug to a larger population of patients. But, you know, I think all these drugs are really moving forward, which is, is a good thing because it's nice to be able to get these drugs to patients soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm curious, the phase one drug study, I'm I'm going to not remember the name that you called it. The data DXP, I know these dates that are really uh, not easy. <laughs> yes, that one. Now, is that given as an infusion? Is that something that somebody would have to go to, say, like a chemotherapy treatment center to get? Yes, the data DXP is given IV 
every okay. three weeks. So you would have to get it at an infusion center every three weeks. But it's nice compared to many of our other IV drugs, the infusion is only every three weeks, which is certainly better than most of my chemos, which are, are often weekly infusions. So definitely a better schedule than many other agents. Okay, thank you. And I guess um, to wrap up, it sounds like really the thing that we may see the soonest out of this study, I know, um, and HER2 is, is already approved, as you mentioned, but this is this is looking at it in, in an earlier line. But it sounds like Alicestrant would be the kind of like the biggest news that may have the most immediate applicability for somebody who's diagnosed as far as like a new treatment may be available within the next year. Yeah, I think that that's true, that, you know, of all the agents that was presented at San Antonio, that one is one that isn't currently approved. And, and you know, given the positive data that we saw, uh, there is interest in getting that drug approved and it will get submitted to the FDA. So I think you're right that that one hopefully will lead to a new approval. And in fact, if that's true, it would actually be the very first oral third that would be approved in breast cancer. So really, really exciting uh, to see. That's great. Dr. Tulaney, thank you so much for your insights. We really appreciate it. No, no, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to the breastcancer.org podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To share your thoughts about this or any episode, email us at podcast at breastcancer.org or leave feedback on the podcast episode landing page on our website. And remember, you can find a lot more information about breast cancer at breastcancer.org. And you can connect with thousands of people affected by breast cancer by joining our online community.